Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is actually a bonus segment. We've never done this before that I can remember, but this is a bonus segment strictly for the podcast, and we're just going to talk a little bit more, a little bit more sports, a little bit more life with our guests here. So if you're listening to this, you're listening to the podcast, and we thank you for that. And uh, you can listen to this podcast anytime on our Facebook page, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just type in Solid Steps Radio. So we're talking today with Ted Schultz and Amos Martin, former athletes. And we were talking on the break, and Kurt, you and I were talking about this yesterday about golf. How, uh, you know, I think hitting a fastball 400 feet out of the ballpark is the hardest thing to do in sports. But to get to the level of professional golfer, to me, golf, the game of golf is so difficult and hard anyway. (laughs) <laughs> right, oh but to get to the level of elite, uh, I, I told him this story. I didn't tell you all the story. I caddied for one year while I was in real estate school hmm. at Valhalla, and uh, I played Valhalla the day after uh, the PGA Championship. Okay, ninety six. Hmm. What was the year that uh, Kenny Perry was ninety six? I think it was. Hmm. And that year I caddied. I caddied for a, 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 a golf pro from somewhere in Kentucky. This was an old country boy. He played the whole round with some tobacco in his mouth. Okay? <laughs> it was the most boring round of golf. He shot a 60-something. And it was the easiest. I mean, he just was T fairway green. T fairway green. It was the easiest. I, I was, like, amazed at what I was seeing. I'm like, why is this guy not on the tour? So what we were talking about yesterday is that the correlation between talent and hard work. I mean, you have to have a, a level of hard work ethic, but your talent will take you so far. Is that kind of differentiate between the best, Ted, as far as yeah, golf yeah, goes? Yeah, there's you know there's there's talent level, and then there's work ethic level, and then there's guys who got both. And and to me, it's the mind really. Once you get to that level, everybody's got talent to get to that level, and if you're not going to get there without the talent or the work ethic. Once you get out there, it becomes self-belief. Really, the times I did really well, my confidence was high, and I just knew I was going to perform. You know, it's hard to get a grasp of that, but I was talking to Amos about that. I, I was, whether in football, is it the same way? Like, for me, in golf, you know, I'll stand there, and I knew, you know, I got on tour with Nick Price. And I'm, pl- I'm getting paired with Nick Price a lot because we're in the same category out of the tour school, and I'm watching him play golf, and I'm like, this guy is just a lot better than me. I'm like, he's just better, right? So I got to, I got to work harder, and I got to hope that I can, and I can beat him on a certain day or you, sometimes. So, so I, you, day to day, he was just better. You, you're saying talent? What you, you felt like he had better talent than Absolutely. you? Absolutely. There was no, I, I couldn't. It was just obvious. Couples, same way. Uh, Norman, certain guys. You know, Tiger Woods. You know, um, but there's that intangible thing too. Um, but I was going to talk about with with Amos is you know, so you're across from a guy, you're playing defense and you've got to go get the quarterback and you've got a guard over there, who's really good, and you got to know. I think you got to think sometimes how am I going to get around this guy or mm. this guy's really good or or are you going to go, I know I've got I'm, I'm better than this guy. Mm. Is that true? Like I, I'm going to be able to get around this guy no problem. Absolutely. I think you know anytime. Once you get those doubts in your mind, it it has a tendency to uh, to get exaggerated. That once you start putting those doubts in your mind and you start questioning yourself, 
And so you have to have that inner confidence that, look, I'm as good, if not better than that guy. And and basically, I can do my job. I think as I look back on my football career, a lot of times I was too mechanical or thinking I had job responsibilities that I had to do that, you know, was more important than just being a player and making the big play and doing the things sometimes that you would do that, you know, if you were just relaxed and let it flow instead of saying, I've got to be more structured to be out here or do this or anything. Don't make mistakes because, you know, they're going to see it on film. And you so though, but those were doubts that mm. sort of put in your mind versus the confidence level. You know, I even coach kids today and say, look, you know, the past is over. Look, you know, maybe he beat you, but you can, you can overcome. And, uh, I know golf is, man, it's it's tough. <laughs> I mean, I, what, mm-hmm. you, what you guys are describing really mm-hmm. is what Proverbs says, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right. You know, mm-hmm. when when, we, when you're thinking, when those doubts are there, and mm-hmm. that's why the Bible says over and over again to take every thought captive. I mean, even, now that's in the spiritual realm, but it, it, the practical aspect of that is when you're across, <laughs> you know, some center or, you know, guard or tackle, you know, Amos, you, you got to go, I, I can... Not only can I get through, I'm gonna I, then I'm gonna make the tackle. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, and, yeah, it's interesting because mm-hmm. in my life with golf, I've I've you know paired with some of the best players in the world. And certain days I'll be out there and I'm go well, he can't beat me today. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where I'm not playing well and I'm playing with a club pro from you know Saskatchewan or wherever, <laughs> and I'm like I can't beat this guy. You know, mm-hmm. and it was all like what Amos is saying is the the inner dialogue inner confidence the way you think there's certain things that govern all that but i i think you know it's um getting out of your own way you know how, how do how do you guys in and because this relates to our to a spiritual conversation but how do you overcome those doubts how how do you it's it's in essence it's self talk what you're listening sometimes to sometimes you don't Mm-hmm. And you fail, and mm-hmm. then you try to learn from that. Okay. And other times, you know, I'll never forget in, in 2010 at Pebble Beach. We were talking about this earlier. I'm leading the tournament by three going into the uh, final day, and I'm I'm three under after six. I just eagled number six, I think. I'm on the eighth hole, and I've got like a three shot lead, and I'm standing up there, and there's it was slow, and the TV cameras are on me, and we're waiting, waiting. It's the hardest shot in the world to hit over this canyon on eight. Uh, with the wind left to right, and I'd stood there and stood there and just got locked up, and I made the worst swing ever. I barely got the ball over the water, and uh, it, it was just the ugliest shot you ever want to see in your entire life for a guy that was playing as well as I was. You know, and of course, the TV announcers, oh, here he goes, he's choking. You know, he hadn't won a tournament in 20 years. <laughs> that's what the telecast, that's what they're saying. Oh, my goodness. And I was saying to myself, don't worry about it. I said, a lot of guys are going to bogey this hole. This is a hard hole. And I got my bogey, got out of there, played the next hole well, and I was off again. And I'd forgotten about it. But other times, I'd do something like that, and maybe... That begins the the, the, the snowball starts to roll down the The doubts hill. come in. What, the, you know, oh my gosh, everybody just saw me on TV. You know, oh, did they see that shot? Or, you know, st- stupid stuff. Or, am I going to do that again? How could I make that? You know, no, I didn't, none of that, which it has before, none of that crossed my mind. Mm. And I think that's why I won, because my mindset was so good. Wow. So is the mind game as equal to the physical game? More. I think it's more. So the, the best of the best, they are strong mentally. Yes. 
Like the Langer. Langer is a machine. Yeah. You know, and he's a very strong Christian. And he's out there. He works, outworks everybody, but he is just, his mind is just impeccable. Mm. So, so when you're out there playing, Ted, are you, are you talking to the Lord? Are you, are you saying, okay, Lord, I got, I got to sink this putt. Oh, Lord, Not God, really. No. no? You, you pray before you go, and you go do the best you can, and you have your pattern. You, you have the way you play golf. I have, when I go out there, I have a game plan. I'm thinking about that, the shots I have to hit, you know, where I'm, where I'm going to, um, you know, that sort of thing. One time in Milwaukee, though, I was playing a tournament, and I, had, I used to give out these little cards, my testimony cards, and autograph them. So I had a picture, and Bob Russell had helped me develop a testimony um, to just to pass out because you're giving a lot of autographs. So I gave them to a lot of kids. And I, for whatever reason, I'd been giving some out, and I had one in my back pocket at the Milwaukee Open one year, and I was having a hard year that year. And I'm going along, and I wasn't playing very well, and I reached back in my pocket, and there it was. This po- the card was in my pocket. And, my, and the card was saying, just remember there's a lot more important things than, than golf. And it relaxed me, and I ended up losing a playoff <laughs> that week. Really? Yeah. It was it was interesting. You got to the playoff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I was I had to make I had to shoot two under on the back nine just to make the cut. And I shot six under. Hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden I was <laughs> I went from not having a hard time making a cut to getting in the tournament. And then the next two days I played six under again and whatever it was and then I lost in the playoff. But um you know it, it, the mind is powerful. It is. That's why you know I, I'm I'm thinking about what why Paul throughout his writings he says you know take every thought captive he says you know renew your mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You know it's it's like I've always wondered. I mean sometimes you I think you do it without even know you're doing it. I mean you pray and you but you to me it's it's not an easy thing. I think there's a a way to do that. You know to me. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think God's word is is, is our power mm-hmm. and it's our strength. And we have to rely on his word is so many times. And I picture back in uh, in the Old Testament, when Joseph and he, he was with Potiphar's wife and he ran away from her. He knew he had to run away from her, that there was a temptation there. But he said, how can I do this against God? And I think many times we have to call on God's word and his scripture to to put us in those situations so that so that our we can transform our mind. You know, in athletics is you start thinking negative thoughts and man, they just, you know, don't hit it over here. Whatever you do, don't hit it over there. Sure enough, bang, there it goes. And and you got to you got to block those thoughts out and think positive thoughts and think back to God's word, whatever it is, wherever our temptation is whatever that thing is we have to come back to and rely on for that strength and that power so so god can pull us out of whatever the situation is whatever it is anger lust temptation whatever whatever it is that we can we can call on him wow you know i I think i told you this story Uh, my brother-in-law died three years ago Mm -hmm. and i was pallbearer and i i was carrying the casket up to the grave site and i was in the front and i looked down in that hole and it scared me. It was wet and dark, mm-hmm. and I had not um, was not prepared for that. You know, all mm-hmm. of us have to face death, and um, to me, through it's kind of what I've been working through over the last you know few years is this because I think that's kind of started me thinking about that, and and I need to see the light of Christ shining in that hole, 
instead of seeing a dark hole because we are you know our body is going to give away and and we're going to live forever our spirit our soul our mind our body is going to be left we get a new body yeah mm-hmm. right a whole lot better than this broken down one <laughs> no, you're, ted your your bad shoulder and uh <laughs> it's gonna Pimp be machine it's, <laughs> it's gonna be a beautiful new shoulder in glory man that's gonna be an awesome thing but i just think we all have to face that at some time or another it becomes a reality and i think the older you get obviously the more people think about it and what do you do with that how do you handle that how do you live how do you you know, are you going to live in fear or are you going to live in faith? Yeah. Are we, going to, are we going to believe what we say we believe? And it's not always easy when when I think the enemy's attacking you and, and trying to scare you and, and the spirit of fear is out there. And you have to, like Amos says, I think it is about the Word and, and belief in God and in Scripture because that's the truth of it. It's the truth about life, you know. Creation happened. It, God created everything. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin. It's real. He rose from the dead. It's real. It happened. It's truth. You know, and so we're gonna we're gonna raise at some point. And it is appointed to man once to die. Yeah. And then the judgment. And and uh, what we do with Jesus, it's all what we do with Jesus. Are we gonna trust him and walk with him, or are we gonna ignore him? I remember Payne Stewart saying that interview months before he, his plane went down. He became a Christian. He was a baby Christian. Yes. <laughs> and um, he was a great guy. I, Payne Stewart was a really neat guy. He a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a pretty worldly guy, you know. Uh, and somehow he became a Christian, uh, you know. Through, I don't know I don't know his, how he did his story. but and, and I remember Larry Moody, who runs our Bible studies on tour, I guess it had a lot of talks with him. And um, it was it was just a neat story about, you know, he's wearing the bracelet at the U.S. Open, and and they found the bracelet at the crash site. Mm. It, it, it didn't burn up. Wow. <laughs> I think that was interesting. Mm. Um, and uh, But he had said in an interview on Golf Channel, he says, it's about Jesus. And if we really think about it, you know, he's the creator. Mm. He's the redeemer. He's the savior. It is all about him and the truth of it, that it's real. It's not just something made up or some something, you know, a crutch to, you know, we're going to believe this just because it's going to make me feel better. No, it's true. It, it is the truth. You know, I just got back from Israel and the uh, the tour guide who is not a Christian, Jewish guy, but not a Christian. But he would he would adamantly tell you that Jesus Christ is truly um, lived this life. He said the evidence is everywhere. <laughs> You, you cannot deny that Jesus Christ walked this earth, lived this life, and... Uh, so the question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you mm-hmm. going to do with it? What are you going to do with him? Yep. You can all have an intellectual belief, but then, uh, which we all probably as young men in, in churches, wherever we went to, recognize who Jesus was. But even in James, it says even the demons believe who he was. They know who he was, but they don't accept him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they yeah. don't accept him. And that's, what, you know, praise God for those chapel services that we went to, that the word was presented and we asked him in. We said, Lord, I can't do it anymore. I don't like this life I'm living. I, I want to live for you. And Yep. Mm-hmm. I need you. 
I want you, and I want to walk with you. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you guys are talking about, <clears throat> I would think injuries are an athlete's worst nightmare. Like, if I get hurt, my career isn't over. If he gets hurt, his career isn't over. And I would think every time you get a twitch, something, you think, that's it, I'm done. Uh, I, Kurt and I were talking about this yesterday, Amos. When your knee went out, do you think the technology and the advancements of medicine today, was your knee a knee that no matter what technology you had, you weren't coming back? Or do you think players suffer the same type of injury you did today and can come back? No, I think uh, I think my knee was okay. In fact, uh, my knees have been good since then. Is I think just during training camp, I had some swelling, so it it wouldn't. Uh, I didn't really miss practice, but basically they were still thinking, you know, um, uh, he's a potential risk. And they had some other guys that were playing good, and well, is he going to get hurt or whatever it is? But I think with injury, is it's sort of like what we've been talking about with the mind. Is injuries are you know in football going to happen? And you just think, I'm coming back, <laughs> you know, and nothing's going to stop me. I've seen so many guys in rehab before that didn't really honor the rehab system and, and, and didn't come back. But if you, you know, if you say, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be back is and you have that confidence level. There was no question in my mind. And, you know, I had, had, had I've had shoulder surgery in, in college and knee surgery in college every time one of those injuries. I'm coming back. I mean, is whatever I got to do, I'll be back. And there was never a doubt in my mind that uh, I wouldn't play again. And I think that's what uh, that's what you have to have. And uh, through not only injuries, through other complications, things things that we have in life, that, that you say, "Look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> I'm gonna make it through this." And uh, God's got me, and I'm gonna work hard at it, and I'm I'm gonna make it. <laughs> mm. 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 What about you, Ted? Thoughts mm. on that? On injury, as far as, yeah, injury, uh, you and know, it's interesting. Um, with golf's all I've ever done, and so you get injured, and then you got to fix it, get it, weight, patience. And I'm hyper. I tell you that <laughs> it's hard to sit around, you know, and do nothing. And um, so, but like Amos says, you have to believe that it, you, that you're going to come back. You know, I'm going to go and try some qualifiers in, in February the next year. And, you know, I've been working at my game. My arm's better from my bike rack and my shoulder's better. And, you know, I still feel a little bit here and there. But so I'm going to try and play a little bit and teach. But um, you, you just have to you have to believe it's going to work out no matter what. And so I, I I pray that wherever I am, God's using me. Whoever I'm around, I can be a blessing, whether I play well or not. I mean, I obviously would rather play well. <laughs> you know, I need to make some money. <laughs> be nice, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. And um, so – um, but it is. It's a. Uh, it's a tough thing because I, you know, I was just throwing a ball with my son in the yard, and my shoulder blew out. It's just weird, mm-hmm. and um, it's just hard to know what God has in store. And so He He uses all that stuff that happens to us. You got to you got to believe He's going to use it for something, teach you something. And I'm sure I'm praying that I would learn it pretty fast right <laughs> whatever he's trying to teach me right now please lord help me to learn this fast so i don't have to go through it again yeah, and i think this idea of whatever you do don't pray for patience uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this mortality thing is real and so i think i think that's what god wants me to mm. rely on him and understand no matter if you 
perform really well and yeah. are, are fully healed and you're, yeah. you're, you're back on the tour and things are going great or whether um, the opposite of that happens yeah. and your, your, your career is done, injuries, you know. Which uh, it will be pretty soon no matter what. You know, I'm 57, so you don't play a whole lot longer than 60 on that tour. You know, some guys do, like a Hale Irwin, but... I don't see that. But if I could play a couple more years and do all right, it'd be fun. You know, I just enjoy it. I enjoy playing and competing. Well, you, you know, you've got to go you've, do something. You've done nothing but play golf your whole life. Right. So. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what Diane was they saying. They can't do anything else, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've got to kind of reinvent myself. I like teaching. Mm-hmm. But, you know, teaching in Louisville, Kentucky, it's, it's a seven-month-a-year thing because the weather and, uh, you know, it's um, – so there's a lot there's a lot of time to figure out what else am I going to do. So I need to get involved with some things and like doing this and maybe sort of more ministry things. I'd love to, you know, have that open up, however it looks. Yeah, but. I think there's a, there's a scripture in Ephesians that I always count on is where God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He He's planned for us. That it's already planned. It's up to us to find it and. It's written over in God's book right now. It says, here's what I want Amos to do. And and that's going to give Amos the most joy, and it's going to give God the most joy. And it's up to us to find exactly what that is. And, and we need to think about it is if we don't do it, it might not get done. But it's it's special for us. He's planned it. It's, it's already designated exactly what he wants us to do with our lives. And it's up to, us, up to us to search for that, exactly what it is. And that's where he's going to give us our most joy. That's where he's going to give us the most abundant life because that's what he planned for us. And we really have to search for that. And keep, I, I coached football forever and was out of it for a couple of years. And and I kept praying, said, Lord, I know you got something special. What What is it you got planned? And show me what it is. And, he, you know, I prayed and I prayed. And I actually went to uh, my wife said, let's go over and work with third, fourth and fifth graders. And we did that for one Sunday. She said, you want to go back? I said, honey, if I go back, somebody's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's going to die. Either they're going to kill me or I'm going to kill them. So I knew that wasn't I knew that wasn't my ministry. <laughs> I said, that's not it. And then through some some supernatural force that keep praying, I end up going back to middle school and coaching football. And it, it was it was it was just it was it was divine guidance. It was planning and it was searching and seeking God's will to say, Lord, where do you want me? And it's been so and I've, I've received so much joy from it. Mm. And it's so it's so pleasurable to give that joy back. And because that's where God wants me. And I know there's other things he's got planned, too. And I just got to keep watching to say, OK, where 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 is he? Where is he taking me this time? And and keep searching and keep asking. Well, I, I think building somebody's house is, is a privilege. I mean, think about what you get to do. Yeah. People are living there. Right. It's their life. Yeah. And, and you get to bless them with that. He's a good builder. I mean. <laughs> He's a great builder. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> to me, that's pretty That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're building somewhere somebody's going to live, and you get to have an impact on their life. I mean. I've built a couple houses. I haven't built them. Guys have done, and I I know the builders, and I'm glad they did a good job, and 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 they blessed me, and you know, a builder can really bless people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I know you're doing that. And and, I, and Amos, just to piggyback on Ted, what you're saying, um, I had somebody stop me yesterday, mm-hmm. and just how you 
clean up, have you have your teams clean up the the site. And so garbage is not blowing around and and he made a comment and he says I there's there's that's not the case mm-hmm. with everybody. And there's there's trash you know being blown around and but you, you do things well and I had another guy who walked through the house and he said I've walked through boatloads of homes at at the at this process right now where you can see the studs are up and everything's and he said this is a well built home <laughs> and uh that's uh, that's that's a testimony to mm-hmm. your doing things that you know Make the most of every opportunity, and, and you 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 do this as unto the Lord. It's not just to get a paycheck. That's the that's the benefit, but you're you're doing this as unto the Lord, right? And then you know transferring it to the subcontractors too is, you know, all of our subs are really great guys, and really they know what the expectations are, and they know, uh, they know how I feel about it, and they know, um, they know how I feel about our work and how blessed we are to have this kind of work and that we can do what we do and that we can we can build something special that we can all look back and say look that's you know we did that we did that so it's that's a special feeling too thanks for those comments too yeah Mm. absolutely Mm -hmm. well i appreciate both of you guys and uh respect and just think the world of you so Thanks for coming great, in, guys. Great to be here with you all. It's it's yeah. a great, great, great honor to have you guys. Yep, and we also want to, on this bonus material, this podcast, uh, com. If you want to know some specifics about the, the uh, taking golf lessons, he, he has golf lessons and golf academy. And you're also the assistant uh, uh, coach at UofL. Do you help out still at UofL? Uh, volunteer. Volunteer. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I work with the players time to time. So they I've get, done that for a long time. It's fun. They get what they pay for, right? With the, for the exactly. volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> and Amos, your your ministry is is Amos Amos Martin Ministries. That's right. Okay. Amos Martin Ministries. Right. And dot org. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dot org. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you want to catch up with these guys later on, and Amos Martin Construction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we appreciate this bonus material. Hopefully, you found that enjoyable. And uh, again, pass this along to anybody who loves golf, loves football. I need this to be a good uh, 25 minutes just to hear two guys talking about stuff and uh, not just about uh, the things of this world, but the things that are unseen that will will go on forever, the things of God. And uh, we thank them for coming in, guys. So thanks for coming in, spending some extra time with us. And thank you for listening to the podcast here on Solid Steps Radio.